Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Pulled from the hottest topics coming across our news desk, I'm Elissa Branch, and this is Housing Wire Daily. Today's Woman of Influence episode features an interview with EXP's Stacy Onan and Fee Gentry. Stacy is the president of U.S. Brokerage Operations, and Fee sits on EXP World Holdings Board of Directors and has helped co-found and lead several of EXP's diversity and inclusion initiatives. During the interview, Stacy and Fee discuss their unlikely starts in the industry, EXP's dramatic growth, and why they think that inclusivity is an important key to company success. But before we listen, here's a brief word from our sponsor. Want to give your customers the streamlined mortgage experience they expect? Fannie Mae's digital mortgage solutions are fast, efficient, contactless, and they save paper. Our digital mortgage solutions provide efficiency for you, convenience for your customers, and deliver a great experience at every stage of the mortgage cycle. Own the mortgage experience with Fannie Mae's innovative solutions. Visit FannieMae.com slash go digital. Hello, Housing Wire listeners. Welcome back to another segment of Housing Wire's Woman of Influence. I'm Alison Lloyd, and today I'm joined with EXP Realty's President of U.S. Brokerage Operations, Stacey Onan and Fee Gentry, the co-founder and co-chair of One EXP, EXP's Diversity and Inclusion Initiative. Thank you both for joining me on Housing Wire Daily. Thank you for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in the world. <laughs> Good morning to you too. So happy to have you both on here. Uh, listeners, Stacy and Fee have joined me to discuss how they became women of influence and new movements happening at EXP Realty and EXP World Holdings. Stacy and Fee, before we dive into today's conversation, can you both share your backgrounds with our audience? How'd you get your start in the housing industry and what has the journey looked like for each of you? Um, my background was an uh, was untraditional, was not traditional. This was, you know, real estate was plan F for me. I had not, I came from a background of sports and rehabilitation, um, fitness. And so I went, and I'm more of an entrepreneur more than really real estate. I call myself more of a real estate entrepreneur. So um, I came, like I said, uh, working with patients. I went to physical therapy school, um, went to get my MBA in business. And I've, you know, started nine different companies in five different industries and uh, then had kind of a crash and burn kind of moment. And uh, my mom was building a house and, and uh, I met a real estate professional with um, with the big red company of Keller Williams. And she said, I think you'd be really good at real estate. And I was like, I didn't go to school to become a real estate agent. You know, like <laughs> she was like, what? You know, like you can make really unlimited income, et cetera. And she said, I think you'd be in the top 10 percent. And so my ears perked up and um I, you know, joined the real estate industry. When I joined, I didn't know the difference between a lockbox and a listing. No joke. <laughs> and then my first year, I sold 39 homes and then went on from there. So that's kind of my path to uh, real estate. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with us. I love that fee. That fee, I learned something new even about fee again. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I started in the late 90s. I was doing accounting for construction companies at the time and really just had realized I didn't want to be behind the desk. I I missed some form of people. And so I knew nothing. Same with me. I knew nothing about real estate. I don't even remember to this day what actually got me into real estate school. And I went to school 
and uh, found some great success in the beginning. Um, I think my third year in, um, I did NAR's 30 under 30, which was super cool, especially being in a small town. And then I was just young and um, crazy enough to think after three years in, I was just going to go start my own brokerage. So I did, because why not? And wow, looking back now, there are days I think, oh, I should have waited and learned more. But you know, that's how, that's one of the things that I think is life. That's how you learn. And so I owned that for about eight years and humorously see, um, sold it to a Keller Williams, um, retained the building, leased to them, and really thought I was done brokering. I really thought I just wanted to sell real estate. And the next thing you know, I'd started a CE company. I was teaching for NAR, teaching for AAR, you know, just getting back. And one of my friends slapped me in the face and said, hey, by the way, teaching is no different than brokering. What are you doing? Like, you're back in the same role. And so years later, my, my broker crush, as I always call him, an amazing man named Jim Sexton, he called me and got me back into brokering. And I'll never forget the moment I called my husband and said, babe, I took a job today. And he was like, you're not looking for a job. And he was right, but it was, it was meant to be. And um, I, wow, I worked for two great people at Realty One, um, Cuba and Pat Kelly. They just, they let me run. They let me fly. They let me do things. And it was incredible. And so then I got this great opportunity to come and continue what I was doing at Realty One at EXP and we were in 30 states when I got here, and it was just an absolute blast getting to watch it grow. So, yeah, a little bit different as well. Wow, that's amazing. So your background prepared you for what you're doing today um, as you're a brokerage owner, managing broker, and national instructor for real estate education, as you mentioned. Um, I want to focus on a, a few other things. In 2018, you joined EXP Realty as the senior vice president of brokerage operations and was promoted to president of EXP's brokerage operations in 2019. Uh, now you run, a bro uh, you run brokerage operations for a virtual team of more than 600 staff members and 50,000 agents. Because of this leadership in 2020, your operations and transactions helped EXP Realty earn a number one top mover uh, transactions ranking from Real Trends 500. And additionally, as you oversaw brokerage operations, EXP Realty's agent count has grown from 7,000 in 2018 to over 50,000 in 2021, representing an increase of 614%. So uh, can you tell us about this growth and how it's transformed business operations or how the company approaches the market now? <laughs> You know, it's it's fascinating. When I got here in 2018, we were in 30 some odd states, the, the early 30 numbers. Um, and it was myself and really two other people in the brokerage operations piece. And we literally just, I, I always tell people, and Curtis Dixon always laughs me when I say this, but I approached it like a puzzle because that's really all operations is in my brain. It's a very large puzzle. And one of the things that I'm so grateful for is, you know, Glenn, he met me at 6.30 in the morning. Thank goodness he likes my hours. He showed me around for a couple of months. And then Glenn is that visionary that just lets you fly. He just lets you do what you do and do what you love. And so I look at the success we have now. Number one, it's the agents who bring in the other agents. Number two, it's this incredible dream team of staff we have built. I, I think when I think of how Glenn is able to let us do what we do, it, it is truly, one of it is that virtual piece. I can hire the best people from anywhere because we're not limited by being in each other's space and seeing each other day to day. And so what we really did was we just wanted to make sure that if B is in Texas and attracting that agent to EXP, that when the agent comes to Arizona and joins, they get that same experience. They get that great feel. It's that same incredible brokerage experience wherever you go. And so we just systematically went through the U.S. 
and aligned everything as much as we possibly could to each other with operational licensing laws differences, of course. But we really just made sure we built one solid foundation that agents could bring other agents to and feel confident about the support they got. And I, you know, and I, I love the credit, but it's my dream team. It is this incredible group of people we have established. And, you know, now we're, we're, we're running into Canadian operations and we're going to bring them into alignment with North America and really help them grow. And it's, it's just been this incredible opportunity. And thank goodness to Glenn and, and Jason Guessing is like really, truly the most inspiring boss you can have because he just lets me be me. And mm-hmm. then I get to let my team be them. And when you just let people do what they do best, it's incredible what you get. That is so true. And speaking of what people do best, uh, V, I would love to focus on you now. Um, you joined DXP Realty as an agent in 2017, leading the company's efforts in equity, belonging, and inclusion. Um, as co-founder and co-chair of One EXP, EXP's diversity and inclusion initiative, you support career development and champion fair housing principles, uh, providing networking opportunities that encourage cultural awareness. In fact, you helped facilitate the growth of 10 affinity groups, including the Black CXP Network, which has almost 4,000 members. To top all this off, in 2020, you're appointed to the XP World Holdings Board of Directors, making you the first Black woman elected to the board of, pu- of a publicly traded uh, real estate company. This is also amazing, and I really want to understand what these achievements mean to you personally. Um, as a Black woman in the real estate industry, why isn't inclusivity so important to you, and how does it feel to be the first Black woman to be elected to the board of a publicly traded real estate company? Wow, that's a big question. Um, I listened to all that. I'm like, who's she talking about? Um, <laughs> and coming up behind Stacey. Um, first of all, um, just to address the first part of it is inclusivity is really important because it's important, like kind of Stacy said, it's important to show up to be for every person. So who, whoever you are, black, white, green, blue, you know, male, female, mm-hmm. it's important for you to be the best person that you can be. And there's some under, and there's some groups that are underrepresented in our industry, you know, that are, that haven't always had the same opportunities as other people in, in specific industries. And so, you know, real estate is still um, a male dominated industry, despite the number, the ratio of women, you know, women who, um, who serve. And so if you, and, and studies after studies show that if you can be exactly who you are and you feel comfortable and have belongingness and, and that you have been given a voice to express yourself and perform at your highest, you will perform at your highest levels. Studies after studies show that, you know, women in leadership, our companies are you know more profitable, that we have a longer retention. And so that's why inclusive is important to me. On a personal note, in a personal story, I've been the subject of intentional or unintentional discrimination. And I just always want to make sure that people don't ever feel that way. And I want people to feel like they belong. Um, I'm this California girl. I grew up in this utopic society. And so I have this, you know, crazy thought in my head that everybody should, you know, that everybody should be able to to perform at their highest. Um, And then going back to being the first black woman elected to publicly traded board in the U.S., um, there's part of me that is like, I shouldn't have been the first in, you know, in 2020. However, I am in this seat, right? And so what I do is my my job is to open up doors and windows for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is an honor to serve at the highest level. However, I want to continue to mm-hmm. change this and be um, and make make room for other women um, and other people of color in in boards of directors around the country. Um, so that's that's what it does mean. And I can and I and I stand on the shoulders. I mean, so I'm just standing on the shoulders. I sit in this seat, but I stand on the shoulders of other women and people of color. Mm-hmm. And um, my responsibilities, you know, and recognition are fine. But 
Um, I'd rather serve other people at the highest level. Stacey and I are both like that. We just get the work. We just rather get the work done. They're, you know, we just, we don't, this is all cute, but we just, <laughs> but we just rather get, we rather just have the receipts. Like what are the receipts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so you you mentioned um, the different members and different type of people that are part of the EXP team. So I want to focus on business at EXP and talk about the growth that's happened at both EXP Realty and EXP World Holdings. I previously mentioned that EXP has experienced dramatic growth over the last few years, and I want to expand on that. Um, the company has now joined the heavyweight division as some of its top competitors include Keller Williams, Compass, Realogy, and Zillow. And while brokerages may be riding a sales boom right now, some are concerned that the boom time never last and more inventory won't keep up with demand. Um, is this something EXP is actively thinking about? And if so, waiting to ensure growth if the market experiences a downturn? You know, I, I think it's something that every brokerage has to think of all the time because when we all look back, we didn't know when the crash in, you know, the 07, 08, 09, we didn't know when that was going to happen. And it affected different parts of the country at different times. And so, of course, we're definitely looking, we've got a great team working on our REO, our RELO, our affinity sales, our short sales. You know, we do feel as a company being one large corporately owned brokerage that we're in an incredibly unique place to jump into that. Um, but we also want to make sure not just on the corporate level, but, you know, our just even watching, if you think of how our agents like twisted and turned very, very quickly when COVID hit, they, the agents that had come through the 08 downturn, they had to learn a different style of business immediately. And so those agents were more prepared. Then you take the fact that we were already working virtually. So that wasn't even a game changer for our agents. They had that down Johnny Pat. Now it was just, how do I bring my clients into this? And so then when I think of when we're getting prepared, now we're looking at can agents, how do they diversify? How do they get licensed in more states? How do they build teams across the country so that if Florida's market is slowing down faster than Arizona's market, their team is focused in Florida for a while. And then when Florida recovers and Arizona slows down, how do we push it there? So I do think even as a company, we're uniquely situated by being that global company wide. We Not everywhere is going to go down. And so we're trying to just get our agents prepared. That revenue share, that helps a ton because they're still collecting income off the agents in the other part of the country that might have slowed down. And then making sure we've started some really great REO and RELO certification programs within the company that is allowing more and more agents to get involved in that corporate relocation and all of that. And it's just been really good to see them grow. And I think that's going to give them that diversified plan for when the market does change. And I think they'll be okay. And then from the board of directors point of view, we're looking at our financials. So we have, you know, eight plus four we're looking at our financial models. And so we're forecasting and staffing accordingly. That's um, that's what our leadership is doing. So we're advising and providing guidance of what, is, what are we seeing in the industry? Um, what, are econom- what are economists saying about the industry? So we're following those trends. The other parts of it, we're investing heavily in our agents. We're investing in our staff. So development, like we talked about. So Stacey's already covered that. Um, we're doing some lead generation technology. So some technologies to keep us in the forefront of the market. So we're trying to be in front of where the industry is going instead of just kind of waiting to see what happens. And then last but not least, the thing that you know we have about Glenn, who's such a geek, is we're looking at you know artificial intelligence. We're looking at diversification of the product offering because exp world holdings is a entity that holds other things we're not just always real estate related so we're looking at other you know possibilities of growing the growing the brand or growing the the company in different ways when when the marketplace does uh, have a correction as we talk about development and um, how we can help people uh, become their best selves, before we wrap today, I wanted to know is there any advice you could offer to other women who aspire to your level of success? 
Um, I always believe that you have to have a clear set of core values. Once you know exactly who you are, what you stand for, what you'll tolerate, then everything else is, you know, pretty much comes in the picture. The other thing is I always tell people to create a vision for yourself. Women, sometimes we, we, um, men, they go out and do stuff. They're half prepared. You know, they bring stuff on a napkin. Women, we over-prepare, we're over-educated, you know, and we think in our heads a lot instead of acting. So the other thing is take more emotional, financial, social risk. And then other parts is get mentors and about that circle about like, you know, that rule of like the five people that you, the company that you keep or the five most influential people um, that you keep kind of influence your life, um, be in other circles that you're uncomfortable in. And so I always encourage us to have like women and male mentors who, um, who are helping you and challenge you to be more than you thought you could ever be, who believe and who might have to have belief for you than more than belief than you have for yourself. That's probably the biggest thing that I always recommend for, for women in leadership. That's great advice. Stacey, what do you think? I like it. You know, I, I always think back to, as I told you guys, I probably started my brokerage long before I should have with experience and everything, right? But I did it anyway. And I, it was in a smaller town and there were really just no women brokerage owners. And I remember I got a phone call from a couple of the, I always call them now the old guard, you know, the, the gentleman that had been around forever. And I got a conversation that at the time hurt. And I realized later that it was a perfect conversation for my personality because it was a conversation. And these are the words they called me for years. Okay, kiddo. I mean, I was kiddo. It was exactly who I was. It was kiddo. When it doesn't work out, you just let us know. There's always going to be a place for you at my brokerage. And that hurt at first, but it was the best thing anybody could have said to me because I am that person, that kid that if you tell me I can't, oh, baby, I'm doing it. And now I'm going to exceed at an even higher level. Like at that moment, I didn't even know what I wanted for my brokerage, but holy cow, I was going to knock them all out of the water. And, and I did. And, you know, and I look throughout the years at um, things that I can look back and say, I really had to grow at. I was not good at asking for what I deserved or what I wanted. I did more of the accepting whatever I got, just feeling grateful to be in the room. And I think sometimes we have to remember that, Sometimes, uh, like my my personal go to is I'm not the loudest person in a meeting. She knows that she's been in meetings with me. I'm not the loudest. I only speak when I'm really passionate on something, and I speak when I believe in something. And I do think we, as a group, as a whole, in leadership across any industry, need to not always recognize just the loudest ones, but do pay attention to those quiet voices because sometimes they're your smartest. And so I would remind the women too that. Sometimes we're perfectionists and we're afraid to speak unless it's going to be perfect. We're afraid to try unless we know we can do it. One of the ways I judge my team on how amazing they're doing is did we fail? Because if we failed, we were trying really hard and we were pushing the envelope. If we never fail, we probably weren't trying hard enough. And so I think it's just give yourself freedom to fail and realize that's growth. Um, don't accept when people tell you you can't take it as, oh, I'm going to show you I can. Mm-hmm. And just keep going and, and, and ask for what you deserve. That's a big one for me. So that's some great advice from both of you, Stacey and Fee. So I just want to thank you so much for joining us today in this interview. Thank you. Thank you for having us. This was fun. I get to see my girl, Stacey. I know. I was just going to say, I haven't seen Stacey in a while. I'm loving this. That's great. I'm so glad we were able to have this opportunity. Listeners, thanks for listening. And join us next Tuesday for another great interview with a woman of influence. Until then, tune in tomorrow for an interview with our host, Matthew Blake, Housing Wire Senior Real Estate Reporter. You won't want to miss out. Have a great evening. Thank you, everyone. 
Looking for more insight into what will happen in 2022? Or maybe you need more information on what in the world is happening with the federal regulators. Or you could just be looking for information on how to stay competitive as the industry shifts to a purchase-focused market. Our HW Plus Premium Membership comes with all of this insight and more. With your HW Plus Membership, you'll get at least five HW Plus articles a week that dive deeper into the daily news to help you confidently make business decisions. To join, go to housingwarrant.com forward slash membership. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. I hope you have a great afternoon. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on all the hottest stories crossing our news desk daily. The podcast is now available wherever you like to listen. Make sure to tune in tomorrow.